0: Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is a recap of our series, Allegiance with Pastor Omar and Pastor Isaac. Uh, They go back and forth, highlight key moments from the sermons um, from this series. Man, it's a really cool way to be reminded of of those. Also, if you haven't checked out our website at praisechapelparamount.com, check it out. It's constantly being updated with new information and resources. Um, Also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Enjoy this message. Come on, give God a big praise tonight. Hallelujah. Well, we welcome all of you here tonight. You know, before we get going here, turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time, right now. Come on, give God a big praise tonight. We welcome all of you. We're excited to be together with you and uh, always is exciting to be at Praise Chapel Paramount on a Wednesday night, right? And I can just feel the presence of the Lord. We're excited that today, Pastor and Isaac, Isaac and I are going to share a little bit about our past uh, theme that we've been talking about. We've been talking about all last month, Allegiance. How many have enjoyed the series, Allegiance? We just finished it. And uh, what we've been doing is kind of uh, going over the series and going over at the end of the series, kind of going over and sharing with you uh, some specific points that we want to uh, make sure that you grab a hold of them, that they stick with you. And uh, I believe that uh, this past month has been exciting and even all that's going on in our nation, I just know this, that Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords tonight. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just let Pastor Isaac share whatever's on your heart, whatever you'd like to
1: say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, we all know that we're waiting for uh, the election and and uh, our president to be uh, to be announced. And I just want to encourage you that regardless what happens uh, in the announcement, that God is still on the throne, and we don't look to man, uh, we don't look to politicians, uh, we don't look to our government to uh, to to uh, uh, for direction or for purpose. But we have purpose. We're a purpose-driven people. And, uh, and, and we're, we're purposed to declare the goodness of God every single place that we go. And so I just, I just want to encourage you tonight, church, uh, that we would stand bold in our faith, we we'd would stand bold in our commitment, and we would stand bold in our allegiance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords.
0: I love that. I love that. And, and in fact, when we look at the book of Daniel, and that's what we're focusing on, is he really was in a place, in a government, that was a Babylonian nation, that was an evil nation. And he never trusted in the king. And he prayed for him. He prayed for the best of the nation. But actually, his allegiance was to God first. Right. And he's a real great testimony of what it is to live in a culture And a culture where maybe even the government doesn't honor God. Even the people in the culture don't honor God. And if you remember the situation here with Daniel, he was a prisoner of war. Yeah, he was taken over, Babylon had taken over Jerusalem, and now uh, Daniel, at the young age of 15 years old, is taken captive, along with many others, 70% of the people there were, uh, or 25%, I'm sorry, were taken into captivity, and they were now slaves, and they were going to indoctrinate them into the Babylonian nation. They took the cream of the crop, so to speak. They took the, the best young men and and the best-looking young men. Like I said before, I probably would have been taken, like, right, right away. Anyway, but what happened was that they took the, the most good-looking, the youngest, the, uh, you know, everything else, the great features about the young people and the sharpest, and they were going to indoctrinate them with the Babylonian culture. And it's amazing that Daniel was still able to hold his integrity with God and he continued to keep his fear of God and he put God first. No matter what the culture was saying, no matter what everybody else was saying, he had to believe. He did not change his conviction and his belief in God. In fact, there's a scripture that I want to share with you here. And I, and I read it at the beginning of the series. And I want to remind you of this particular series, uh, uh, scripture here. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Look at what it says. It says, you are doomed if you call evil good and you call good evil. Destruction is certain when you call darkness light and light darkness. When right is considered wrong and what's wrong is considered right. When you claim what is bitter is now sweet and what is sweet you now call bitter. Isn't that kind of the spirit that we have in our nation today? They're calling wrong good and good wrong. And we see it all over the place. And not only in our nation, but in different nations of the world. And the Bible has given us a warning. That's out of the book of Isaiah. When a nation begins to turn away from God, your world is going to be turned upside down. And this is exactly what happened with Daniel. His world was turned upside down. And this evil king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar came in and took over. And basically began to want to change the beliefs of Daniel and his friends. But there was something about Daniel that he continued to serve God no matter what was going on. And when your world's upside down, when things don't seem to be going your way, I want you to realize something. We need to know this, that God is still on the throne, that God is still powerful, that he's still mighty, and we're not going to give in to what everybody else is telling us. And here's the amazing thing about Daniel, is he was only 15 years old. And I say that to challenge you young people. Don't tell me you can't serve God when you're young. This guy served God when everybody else wasn't serving God. He was serving God even when his parents weren't there. Nobody was around. All his mentors were gone. And yet he was still able to serve the Lord. Now I'm going to read you a verse of scripture here out of Daniel chapter 1. And kind of, kind of start it off a little bit. It says, in the third year of Judah's king, uh, Jeho Je- 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 See, there it is. Jehokam. Jehovah, right? All right, we'll just say it. Anyway, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon besieged Jerusalem with his armies. And so that word besieged means they took over or they dominated. How many of you ever felt besieged by some problems in your life? You ever been besieged by some issues going on in your life? And the Bible says this. Here's the interesting thing that it says that God gave Nebuchadnezzar the victory and that really had bothered me that verse of scripture because the bible says this guy was evil he had dominated jerusalem but somehow god gave this victory to this king and we didn't we're reading it right because i'm here to tell you sometimes god will use evil kings and evil people to discipline god's people in fact the bible says that god sets one king up and put another king down and see, a lot of times when we're saying, well, how could all this be? If God has a way. He's still in control. He's sovereign, even when he doesn't look like he's in control. And God often uses pagan leaders and to discipline his own children. And this is what's happening here, because the nation of Israel had turned away from God. And they had turned to idols. And so, therefore, God says, you know what? Have it your way. I mean, know you can have it your way. A lot of us, have you ever been so stubborn that you just had to have it your way? And here's the thing about God. God will let you have it your way, and he'll let you finish your way. Until you realize that you needed help. Are you with me? See, a lot of us just say, man, I'm fighting God. Well, keep fighting God. And guess what? You're not going to get very far. You can't win God. And here's what's happening here in this story is the people of Israel have turned away from God. And God says, have it your way. They are now under bondage of Nebuchadnezzar. And basically, again, they're looking for beauty, brains, and strength, right? Go ahead and emphasize something on that.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, so it's it's funny. Uh, I was actually talking to my wife about this the other day. Uh, And how many of you know that history repeats itself? And so the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. And so as we look at Daniel, as we look at uh, uh, the the the, um, the Israelites, and they're now in captivity, and you look at the Babylonian culture, and I would say that the Babylonian culture reflects very much, uh, very much our culture today. Uh, and so as Pastor Omar said, uh, what what Nebuchadnezzar selected was uh, only the strong, healthy, and good-looking men. And uh, uh, today we would say that we. Value. Uh, we value only uh, uh, brain strength and beauty. And and uh, uh, you know, yeah, Pastor Omar, you know, <laughs> two hands up. Um, but but also what what we value. Listen to this. This is real. What we value is academics, appearance. And ability uh, some, some say it uh, sex status and salary and so what what uh, what Nebuchadnezzar uh, didn't understand was or, or what what he thought he understood was uh, I'm gonna look on the outside and uh, and select those that fit my mold and, uh, and and what he was using was the values that he had in this pagan culture and uh, the, the 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 one thing that is that is evident in Daniel and not only Daniel but there was uh, there was others and so that that's one thing that i 'll say is that uh, sometimes uh, sometimes when we 're standing up boldly, often we feel like we 're the only ones doing it, uh, but we talked about this last week with Elijah right Elijah felt that he was the only one that was standing bold, and God said, "I have an army that 's there for you and so we see in Daniel we see in Babylon those that were captured that it wasn't just Daniel but Daniel stood firm and Daniel stood bold and so in this time you see that uh, that, that the Babylonians were there and they were trying to indoctrinate. Daniel and these Hebrew children, and uh, we understand that they didn't, uh, they, they didn't fall victim to the values of the culture, but they stayed firm to the convictions that God had given them, and, uh, and, and, and uh, they weren't shaken. When their, when their worlds were, sh- were, were uh, turned upside down, they weren't shaken by the situation. Uh, Pastor Omar says this, says this opt- often, is that uh, all of us want to be happy. How many of you want to be happy? Raise your hand. How many of you want to be happy? All right. The problem with happiness is that it's dependent on what's happening. And so what we want is we want joy. We want joy that only comes from God despite what's going on around us. And so here's Daniel. Uh, Daniel found joy. Daniel found peace. Daniel found confidence in God alone. Not in his situation. Not, what, not in what was happening around him. But he was firm in his faith. And he stood firm on God.
0: And I love what, what he's saying here because... Many times, your circumstances are going to change, yeah, and they're not going to be the way you want them to be, and they're going to look different. And so what are you going to do? And here's a couple of things that I, I, kind of, I shared the last time, and I'm going to share it with you. There are four sources to our problem, and one of them is you. How many can say me? Me, me right? Yeah. How many know we can cause our, ourselves a lot of problems? Nobody even has to help. You could do it all on your own. Am I right? How many of us are, live in regret of some of our bad decisions? Can I just be honest? Stupid decisions. You 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 thought that you were just gonna you know get away with it, and you realize you don't get away with nothing. And it catches up with you, and so uh, many of the problems that we have today, if we look back, we we caused a lot of those problems. We caused a lot of those issues, uh, and we we have to live with ourselves. Uh, and this is why even myself, I was talking even with. Uh, I kind of shared with you. My wife one day was telling me one morning. She said, "Man, you need to uh, bear more." of the fruit of the Spirit. Remember that? And I was saying, well, what do you mean? She goes, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Evidently, I wasn't displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Whatever that was. So here's what I love about heaven is that heaven, I'm not going to have any flaws and heaven, I'm not going to hang around with, uh, have to hang around with me anymore, but it's going to be a a new me transformed by the presence of God. But friend, I'll tell you, we can cause a lot of our problems. Number two, the second source of our problem is the, is the world. Now, the world with all the pressures and the world with all the influence will begin to influence your life. Because, again, I think what just I, Pastor Isaac just said is we're looking for the world's approval. We're looking for happiness by what the world defines as happiness. And we're trying to keep up with everybody else. We're trying to look as good as everybody else. And so the world will constantly uh, cause us to have problems because we feel like we're missing out. If you start looking at Instagram and you start looking at Facebook and you say, "All oh, my friends, uh, they're having all the fun, you know, they're, they're going to the party, but they don't show you with a hangover, they don't show you after they got a DUI, am I right? They don't show you drunk and no, they don't know where they're at and all of that. Uh, but, but but see, the world will show you the highlights. Uh, and so the world is really, a lot of our problem is the world. And, and we get influenced by what the world, and the third problem, and, and let's just be honest the third problem is the enemy how many know there's a real spiritual warfare going on we're fighting a battle and i'm gonna let pastor Isaac just talk about that a little bit
1: about the spiritual battle that we're in yeah i'm gonna read ephesians six twelve, and we all we all know this but i'm gonna read it because uh th- this is this is something that we all need to be very very conscious of and aware of. Uh, We are more spiritual uh, than than we are natural. I I say this often, is that really uh, the natural is a response to what's going on in the spiritual. And so we're spiritual beings, and uh, there's a spiritual uh, fight going on every single day Uh, non-stop for your soul, for your salvation, for your family, for your marriage, for your generations to come. And we need to be aware of it. So Ephesians 6, 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I want to say this, There are things potentially in your life. There's things potentially in your family. There's things potentially even in the region in which you uh, live in that, that are, uh, that, that are occupied by dark forces. I, I can't really get into, the, the really deep into this, but you need to be praying. You need to be praying for your home. You need to be praying for your children. You need to be praying for your workplace. You need to be uh, walking around your neighborhood and praying the, the blood of Christ over your neighborhood, over your cities, because there are strongholds in these cities, and God has established a church. God has established you in that place to uh, to establish the kingdom of God and to break down these barriers. And so uh, there the enemy is a a real problem but uh I, I love what jesus said he said take heart because i've overcome this world and so that's your promise here tonight uh the the, the next thing and i think this is the controversial this on, is this is very that. controversial uh the fourth problem is uh is god Woo. now I'm, I'm gonna let that sink in just a little bit because i said that and i want i want to say it again just so you don't you don't think you misheard what what i just said uh the fourth problem one of our problems is God, and uh, what Pastor Omar said is, is really rings true. Is that this is a fact that uh, God's mercy is is chasing after us. Uh, if you look at, if you look at this time in captivity, there was, there there were prophets that were coming and declaring a word. There was a prophet, there was prophets saying, turn back to God, get rid of these evil things, get rid of idolatry, pleading with the children of Israel. And they didn't do anything. And so God shows up and he allows captivity. Uh, he, allow- he allows the Babylonians to capture the children of Israel. And now they're sl- enslaved. And so they, they want to get, uh, uh, God wants to get their attention. I want I wonder wonder, uh, for many of us sitting here today, and you may seem, it may seem like uh, everything is crashing down around you. It may seem like everything is going wrong. And uh, oftentimes we want to blame other people. We want to shift the blame and things like that. But maybe God. Maybe God right now is trying to get your attention. Maybe you've been distracted. Uh, you've been distracted with relationships. You've been distracted maybe with the pandemic. You've been distracted with uh, maybe politics, all of those different things. And maybe God is, uh, is stopping you in your tracks even tonight to get your attention. Uh, sometimes God is trying to work something out, and he shakes up what's going on in our lives to ultimately accomplish his will.
0: And here are the couple of things that God does. Come and on. How
1: does God do it? Number one, I think...
0: And you can write this down. He does it to inspect you. So we can take an inspection of what's really inside. See, they said that Christians are like bags of tea. You don't know what's in them until you dip them in hot water. And so we really find out who we are and when we're going through the battle and going through the trial. We We can be shouting hallelujah. And I praise God. I'm not putting none of that down. We're shouting. We're singing. But I want you to know it's when you're in hot water is what you're really made of and your motives are revealed. And I believe, again, God often causes the problem for the good so you can take a personal inspection of what's inside of you. God likes to inspect the, the motive behind what you're doing. And oftentimes we could do things and our motive is wrong. We can do things out of People seeing us, we could do things so that we could feel good, but, but we're not doing it with a good, pure motive to please God. And it's important that what we do for God, that we do it with the right motive. The Bible says there's going to be a day of judgment, and it's going to be revealed by fire. You can write the scripture down, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, and fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So God cares more about who we're becoming than what we're achieving. Who, who are you really? What's inside of you? When the problems come, when the issues happen in your life, what's inside of you? And so, uh, motives really uh, give meaning, meaning to your behavior. And God is going to test your heart. God is going to test your motive. He's going to see what's inside of you. In fact, uh, the Bible says that when the people of Israel were led uh, through the wilderness, the reason why God led them, remember, it was only like they could have got from Egypt to the promised land in two weeks, it took them 40 years. They had to go around and round in circles because sometimes you don't learn the first time. And guess what? God has to take you around the circle again. Many times that you have to go through the same old battle until you start learning what's inside of you. But God wants to know what's inside of you. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2. God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you And to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you keep his commandments. So when you're going through the wilderness, uh, God wants to know, will you trust him in the wilderness? Not just on the mountaintop. Even when you're feeling a little dry. A lot of us just say, well, I've been going through a dry period. You're not living by faith until you don't have any feelings. Did you hear me? A lot of us this morning, we, it, it's all an emotional walk. Let me just tell you something. You don't really know what faith is until you have no feelings. Some of us this morning, you're going through a dry period because you've you're, you're, you're been living for God by your feelings. You need to put away your feelings and start putting some faith in action and start believing God. Because I'm telling you, I love feelings. I love the emotions. But I don't live by feelings. I live by faith. I said, I don't live by feelings. I live by faith. And so I I want you to realize something. Uh, Christianity is not all about feelings. I thank God for feelings. I thank God for emotion. I thank God for excitement. But there are going to be moments in your walk with God in life where everything's not going to be exciting. Uh, You're not going to feel everything. There will be moments where, man, you come to church, you're not going to feel a thing. And that's when faith has to kick in. Uh, That's when you have to trust God. Uh, That's when you're going to have to say, God, I don't feel it, but I know you're here. I don't feel it, but I know you're working. Uh, even though I don't see it, you're working. God, you're still a miracle worker. Somebody give God some praise tonight. So there are going to be moments where God is going to use that problem to inspect us. And the second one, and I'm going to let Pastor Isaac talked about it, is God sometimes uses it to correct us.
1: Yeah, so God will shake things up in our lives for inspection, and then he's going to bring correction into our lives. And, uh, man, that, this is a tough one. Uh, no one likes to be corrected. I'll, I'll tell you, I, uh, I, I try to be very, very conscious of this, but even, even sometimes, you know, my wife will come and say something to me and correct me. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the way that feels. Uh, but but I, know that I, I know that my wife is helping me. I don't like it either, man. I don't like that. <laughs> Why do they do that? No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. To help us, to help us. That's right. God gave us a helper, and I appreciate that. But, but this is the reality. I I say this often. I'm going to say this again. And if you haven't written it down, write it down. Write it on your mirror. uh, Put it on. Put it somewhere where you see it every single day. But listen, you could either discipline yourself, or someone else will. I'm going to say it again. You could either discipline yourself or someone else will. Now, here's the children of Israel. Let's let's see what's going on here. Uh, the prophets had come and have implored them to repent. Uh, the, the, uh, God's mercy, God's grace uh, came and said, guys, get this thing right. I, I I just wish you would get these things right. I just want you back with me. Uh, and and the uh, the children of Israel, much like uh, each and every one of us, said, yeah, 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 I got it. Uh, well, this this got them into a place of captivity. And so, in, in this time, God God will bring a time of correction and discipline into our lives. This is for your own good. Now, let me explain this to you. Correction is a good thing. Many of us learn to read, write, and uh, and even have proper etiquette through correction. How how often, uh, thinking back as a young person, where there was discipline that was that was put into your life? Uh, uh, hey, don't eat like that. Hey, uh, stand up straight. Uh, 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 disciplining time and 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 uh, and learn. Learning different, uh, how to to read, write, how to speak properly. All these different things. Discipline is a good thing. I want to say this to you. Vision... If you have vision, if you have proper vision, uh, discipline is birthed from vision. And so listen to listen to this. Daniel had a clear vision as to what his life was supposed to look like. Daniel knew exactly what God has given him, what exactly what God's calling was. And so out of that vision, out of that clear vision, came discipline. And discipline will dictate how we think. Discipline will dictate how we talk. Discipline will dictate who we hang out with. Discipline will dictate how you eat. Discipline will dictate... Everything in your life, if you have clear vision, and I look at Daniel, Daniel was a man of integrity, Daniel was a man of conviction, and he had clear, clear vision, and this, this allowed him to walk in this correction.
0: Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, I couldn't put any better than that, <laughs> I'm telling I'm, you. I'm sure you could. <laughs> but the other part, I think, too, is God does it to bring direction or to direct us. And many times, God uses the problem and things in our life to bring direction. Nothing in your life will cause direction unless your life is shaken up a little bit. Some of us, our lives, man, you're in cruise control. And, and when you're in, you know what? When you walk with God, you can't be in cruise control. I said, you can't be in cruise control. You can't be stagnant. You need to be moving in God's direction. And we really, we really can't move in that direction sometimes until things shake us up a little bit. And God will cause a little bit of pain in your life to shake things up in your life to make you realize that you don't have it all together. A lot of us this morning, we walk around. We think we got it together by ourselves. We need the grace of God. We need the power of God. We can't make it on our own. We're not that good. Uh, uh, And, you know, people ask me, how do you do it? I don't do it. It's the grace of God in me. It's the power and the presence of God. On my own, I'm just as messed up as anybody else. Uh, I'm no better than you are. I fall short of God's glory, but thank God for His grace that directs me, that empowers me. And and I've I've learned, I've had to learn uh, that, you know what, God wants to bring direction to my life. And sometimes He brings a little bit of pain the bible says it this way in proverbs 20 verse 30 it says sometimes it takes a painful experience to make a change make us change our ways could it be the pain you're experiencing maybe god's trying to bring some new direction in your life instead of being angry and bitter you're supposed to be better and god's using that little bit of pain to empower you to make you better, it, it, it ought to be a motivation, not not a demotion. Are you with me? It ought to motivate you. I've learned this uh, that uh, I've I, I've 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 had people criticize me, and I've had people say things to me, and instead of getting mad, I use it as motivation. Said, like, man, that just motivates me to do better. That just motivates me to be a better person. I'm not going to be mad at that person. I'm not going to be bitter with that person. I ain't got time to be bitter. That just motivates me. Oh, Pastor, that guy says he don't like you. Well, praise God, I love that guy. That's going to cause me to love even more. That motivates me to love more people. That motivates me to pray for that guy. Who else don't like me? That guy, praise God, I'm going to pray for him too. God, I'm going to use that as a motivator. To change and go in the direction that God's called me to go. And so whenever whenever we have things happen in our lives, we need to ask ourselves, God, do I need to be changing direction here? Do I need to be going in a new direction, in a new place? This is exactly what happened to Jonah. Jonah had to he had to get swallowed by a fish to realize maybe I ought to be going in another direction. Hallelujah. And I think the the next one is God uses things, shake things up to protect us many times. I'll let you kind of talk about
1: that. Yeah. So, uh, so, so we just talked about how God will use, uh, will, will use, uh, uh, will shake up our lives for inspection. After inspection, will come correction, uh, and then, and then direction. And ultimately, God is trying to build character that will protect us, that will insulate us. We understand that God's grace is on us, God's mercy is on us. But ultimately, God is doing all of these things to protect you. God has given you His Holy Spirit. He's 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 uh, put that deep within each and every one of us, and He wants to protect that which He's put in you, so that you can fulfill the call that God has put on you. And so I want to pray. Uh, I want to pray just real quick tonight. but Maybe you feel, how many of you in this place feel like uh, your world has been shaken? Just lift your hand real quick. I want to pray for you right now. So Father, I pray right now, Lord, all over this place. Father, for a people, God, Lord, that you, uh, I pray right now, Lord, that we would understand. Father, that we would have discernment, that we would have insight, Lord, into what you're doing right now. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time of inspection. We thank you, God, for this time of correction. Help us, Lord, to heed what you're doing here in this moment. Father, we we know, God. Ultimately, you're, you're looking to direct us, God, to guide us. Father, I pray that we would understand what's going on here. And Father, ultimately, Lord, we thank you for the protection that you're giving each and every one of us. We pray, Father, in the shaking, God, that we'd become stronger. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
0: I think we need to move on to the next we one. Do, right? Yes. And so the, the the next message that we talked about was our allegiance to God even when you are pressured to conform. And The world is constantly trying to get us to conform to its ideals and its methods and its behavior. Uh, we read this in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so here with Daniel, he was in a place where they were trying to conform him, not only him, but his friends uh, to give in to the pressure that was happening around him to the culture, to give into its ways, to give into its behavior, and this—this this was what was so unique about Daniel—is that he predetermined in his heart. He said, "You know what? I'm He resolved in his heart that he was going to serve God no matter how much pressure. Because this is where you find out what you're really made out of. What? What are you? What are you under pressure? You know know what comes out of high pressure? Diamonds. If you want to be a diamond, you're going to have to withstand some pressure in your life. Are you hearing me? If you just want to be a cheap little rock, then you'll, you'll be crushed under pressure. But if you're a diamond in the rough, friend, you're going to learn how to handle some pressure in your life. And this is what God makes men and women out of. He makes them out of pressure. There's going to be some pressures in your life. I, I think many times we're, we're deceived or we, uh, we look at things differently. We think we're never going to have a problem. We're never going to have an issue. Let me just tell you something. As long as you serve God, there are going to be problems. As long as you serve God, there's going to be pressure from the world, from things, all kinds of different places. But you got to understand that even through all of the pressure that God is going to see you through. And when you, when God, see, God will trust you. God can trust us. if we're, We have to be tested in order to be trusted. Can you say amen? And so if God wants to trust you, you need to be tested a little bit. And this is exactly what's happening in Daniel's life. His life was being tested. It seemed like one test. After another, but yet Daniel passed every test. And let me just say something you don't have to give in and yield to what everybody's telling you to do. You pass the test, and guess what? You can thrive and you can do great things for God even in the moment of pressure. Can you say, man? There's all of this social pressure, there's all of this pressure that's happening around us. And so the Bible says that Daniel uh, was given a new name. He, he was given a new name. Uh, uh, Beltel Shazar, and then uh, his his friend Hananiah was given Shadrach, and Mishael was getting, given Meshach, and Azariah was given Abednego. So they gave these guys, they had Hebrew names, their names were connected to their Hebrew God, and yet the Bible says they gave them names of Bel, or they gave them pagan names. And this is what's so crazy about it is they're giving them new names, then they tell them, you have to eat. The king's food, meat, and you have to eat, drink the king's wine. And here's what it says in Daniel chapter one, verse five: The king ordered that the young men should eat the same food, wine served at the king's table, where they were being trained. But look at look at what it said. But after that, they were to after after that they were to become servants of the king of Babylon. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself by eating the royal food and the wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So Daniel had resolved. He said, you know what? Uh, Thank you for the offer, but I'm not going to eat that junk food. I'm not going to eat the king's food. I'm not going to eat the king's meat. Uh, There was a special diet that Jewish men kept, there was a ceremonial part of it. And there's also a health reason, but there's also a third reason. And many of the kings back then would sacrifice the food and the meat to a pagan god. And Daniel didn't want any part of it. So he made up his mind. He said, you know what? I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to defile what God ha- has uh, he's given me, this order and this discipline. And I'm not going to eat the king's meat. And so he resolved in his heart. See, I want you to realize something. You have to resolve ahead of time before you're tempted that you're going to serve God no matter what. Come, Somebody say amen. You got to result ahead of time before you find yourself in temptation, before you find yourself in the back seat of a car, before you find yourself at a party, whether you're going to drink or not. You need to decide ahead of time that you're not going to defy yourself and that you're going to serve God. Now I'm going to hand it back over here to Pastor
1: Isaac and pick up wherever you want. <laughs> so, uh, so Daniel, so so Daniel was tested and and. Uh, He could have compromised in this moment. And I I I want to speak to I want to speak to you Christian here tonight. Um there's times where you're in a place uh whether it's the it's the family party or late night when no one else is around and uh you you could compromise in a moment. Uh no one is watching. Uh there's no one around, there's no accountability. And so Daniel found himself in this place and understand in that moment, in that moment, if if you find yourself in that place, in that moment, the first thing that's being tested is your integrity. I'm going to say that one more time. The first thing that's tested is your integrity. Pastor Omar said that Daniel predetermined, or he resolved before he even uh, before the offer was there. Uh, on his way, I would imagine that Daniel was going through all the different scenarios in his mind as he was being caravaned to Babylon, to Babylon. And I'm sure in his mind, he made a commitment to God, a covenant to God, saying, "I resolve today that I'll stand for you, regardless of what happens, regardless of what comes my way, regardless of the offer, I will stand." my ground, and I resolve to stay and keep my integrity with you. So the first thing that was tested was was Daniel's integrity, and the Babylonians changed Daniel's location, but couldn't change his heart. I want to ask you tonight, uh, despite what's going on or, or whatever is going on in your life, uh, uh, you may be shifted, you may you may be moved, uh, uh, there, your, your scenery may have changed over the last uh, six to seven months, but uh, has has... All those things that have happened, have they changed your heart? I want, you to, I want you to think about that tonight. The first thing that was tested was his integrity. The second thing that was tested was his courage. Now listen to this. Daniel had an opportunity to just assimilate. He could have just flowed right into the Babylonian culture. He would have been rich. He would have been wealthy. He probably would have been well off for generations to come, but he had courage in the face of the enemy. He had courage in the face where his integrity was being tested, and he stood for for what was right, and he stood for his, uh, for his convictions uh, rather than anything else. The, the, the last thing that uh, that, that uh, Daniel was tested in was his humility. Uh, I want to say that again. He was tested in his humility. And so uh, as, as the king gave this order, uh, he didn't go and protest. He, he didn't go and, uh, uh, you know, rev up the mob. What he did was he went humbly to, uh, to, to, uh, to the supervisor, to the manager, and, and asked if there was an alternative, if there was something else that he could do. And I, I want to I say this there's going to be times where you don't agree with everything that's going on. I, I'm going to say that again, Christian. There's going to be times in, in this world that you're not going to agree with everything that's going on. And in those moments, I, I, want, I want us all to be bold, but I want us to be humble. I, I, uh, w- what we don't need to do is, is start uh, start chaos. That's not what we're called to do. What we're called to do is be, is to be a light in a dark place. And so we need, we need to have courage and have humility and be firm in what God has called us to do. I want to say something to uh, leaders of the home whether uh, uh maybe there's a single parent here or there's men uh, as as we're going through and I see what Daniel is what, what how Daniel's being tested and we said that a faith that uh, a faith that's been tested can be trusted, and so oftentimes in, in my marriage, I'll speak for myself, as I was as I was growing and as we were maturing, I wanted my wife to follow me. I wanted my wife to trust me. I wanted my wife uh, uh, to get on board with what was going on in my life, and I, I realized this at, at, at a certain point in my life. I realized that uh, as I'm asking my wife, as I'm asking my family to follow me, are they able to trust me? Are they able to trust my judgment? Have I earned the right for them to follow me? And so Daniel proved that he was he was a leader. Daniel proved that he was a man that had integrity. And so I want to encourage you, Christian, tonight. Uh, maybe you're leading your family. Maybe you're leading in your marriage. Whatever it is, I wonder if if your faith can be trusted by those that you're leading. I think it's something that we really need to consider, and I, I believe that it's something that we really need to to ask God to give us uh, to give us strength. And to give us courage to lead boldly in our lives.
0: And I'm here to tell you that integrity carries a lot of mileage. Come on. And people really look at your testimony. And they look at what your courage. And they look at what you stand for. And they look at your discipline. Because let me just say this. And I want to challenge you out there tonight. uh, And and again, I I, want to say this with all my heart, man. I'm going to tell you tonight. It takes a real man to serve God. Come on. It takes a real woman to serve God. Any sissy can do what the world is doing. So if you think you're a man out there because you drink and you cut, any sissy can do that. Any sissy can do that. Let me see some discipline in your life. Let me see you be an example to your children. Let me, let me see you love your wife and love your kids and live by your example. Because, see, that's what it takes. It takes real courage. This is exactly what... Daniel was living, he lived it out He lived out his life You're wondering when, why can't I lead my home well, You lead it by your example You don't point the way, you lead the way And so if you're going to be this man of God, you got to live it. If you're going to be this woman of God, you got to live it. And your integrity goes a long way. And when I look at Daniel's life, his integrity was intact. His courage was intact. His resolve was intact. And when it came down to the pressure, he didn't give in. And guess what? They gave in to him. Yeah. Because the Bible said they finally yielded to what he wanted, and they gave him the vegetables and the water. And the Bible says he looked more healthier. In fact, he gained a little bit more weight than everybody else. And, and and the and the king's supervisor said, man, keep giving that guy vegetables. Keep giving him water. He's looking better than everybody else. Why? Because one man decided that he was not going to give in to the pressure, and he wasn't going to conform. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. And so i want to pray right now. Maybe you're feeling the pressure to conform. Maybe you're feeling the pressure from your coworkers or your family. Maybe you're feeling the coworkers from people around you, uh, even from even from Facebook and from wherever How many right now you said, man, I, I'm feeling a little bit of pressure right now. Just raise your hand. Wanna pray and believe God? It's okay. it's okay. This is the second altar call. We're gonna believe God right now. Keep your hand lifted. Let's pray. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now for the power and the grace of God right now over your people, Lord. Because there's so much pressure from the world, so much pressure from society, uh, from our culture, even from family, Lord, to give in uh, and conform to the pressure of this life. But God, we're going to be men and women of God that will resolve in our heart, men of of integrity, uh, men and women, Lord, that are going to be disciplined, men and women, God, that are going to be courageous. So I pray for the power and the grace of God. uh, for men and women to be like Daniel in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big praise tonight. And we're going to try to cover this one as quick as we can, and we're going to talk about our allegiance to God, even when it, it, it feels like, you know, never be ashamed of who God is. Never be ashamed. one of the things that Daniel was able to do That even though the pressure was around him, he was never ashamed of God. Let me just tell you, as believers, as Christians, don't be ashamed to say you're a Christian. I said, don't be ashamed to say you're a Christian. Don't be ashamed to tell them that you go to church. Don't be ashamed to tell somebody about Jesus because people need the Lord in their life. And, and so I'm going to let Pastor Isaac kind of go off of that today.
1: Yeah, I, I, would say, I would say this. If you've not publicly declared that you're a Christian in your workplace, you should do that tomorrow. I'll tell you why first of all we should be a, we should be a bold witness, but secondly, maybe some of us need that accountability right so what what oftentimes we don't commit to something because we don't want the accountability and so I, I want to challenge you even t- tonight tomorrow morning you go into your workplace, you start letting everyone know hey I'm a born again believer watch watch the crazy uh, uh, the crazy eyes that you're going to get and then after that they're going to start watching you and so you'll you'll be on notice right uh, but but I would tell you uh, if if we would be a the, the the bible says that the righteous are as bold as lions and i wonder how many righteous people we have in the house tonight that would be bold as lions bold for the faith and and i'm telling you uh, uh the moment you say it people are going to start watching you people are going to start listening to what you say oh hey christian aren't you you're not supposed to say that you're not supposed to talk like that right and so uh many of us could use that accountability in our lives keep us sharp uh uh, that that's for free. Uh, so 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 listen. Uh, one of the things that, as we were looking at this, uh, not being ashamed, I thought one of the powerful things that I think is relevant for each and every one of us today is fear. Now I'm not going to ask you how many of you struggle with fear, or maybe how many of you are even fearful tonight, uh, because you you guys would probably lie to me. But but I want to tell you this. Uh, fear responds to action I want to say that one more time fear responds to action so oftentimes in our lives we avoid uh, we avoid conflict we avoid confrontation we we, we do a workaround we don't want to uh, we, we don't want to get ourselves into uncomfortable situations there's things in our lives that we're not going to uh, we're not going to address because we just want to keep everything on an even keel. we just want everything to be good uh, but I, I want to challenge you tonight that you would stop being fearful of the things that are in your life you stop being fearful of the things that are holding you back and you'd begin to be moved to a place of action I, I believe that God wants the wants the church to be a be a people of action not that we're talking about it not that we're complaining about it not that we're on Facebook or Twitter or snapchat or whatever it is Instagram uh, asking for for advice but that we would be moved to a place of action that we'd be moved to a place of prayer in our lives we'd be moved to a place of of prayer and fasting in our lives, begin to move towards those things that are holding us back, those things that are scary i 'll be very honest in this life there 's things that are very, very scary oh we're, everyone's everyone 's bold all of a sudden in this life there 's things that are scary, but but God has not given us a spirit of fear, and so what we need to do is we need to move boldly forward in those places and take and take that ground. For, for the kingdom. And so I, I, I want to encourage you tonight that, that, that we wouldn't be paralyzed by fear. Whatever's going on in your life tonight, that you wouldn't be paralyzed by fear, but that you would be moved to bold faith in every single one of those situations. That God would give you strength, that God would empower you, and, uh, and, and, and that you would see victory in those areas in your life. So, so Daniel had
0: this testimony, it was so powerful. That they were, they, found, they couldn't find anything wrong with the guy. You know, all of us have a skeleton in the closet. Let's be honest. So we got some stuff that we wish people didn't know about us. But Daniel didn't have anything. They couldn't find anything. The only way they could trap him, the only way they can get something on, was in his faith. And so they created this law. And most of us know it in Daniel chapter 6. That they created this law. They said, they told the king, King, you know what? You're so awesome. You know, you your muscles are number one. Your arms are number one. You know, they start telling him all this stuff and they finally tell the king, there shouldn't be anyone, anybody else should pray to except you. And he said, well, that sounds good. The king's ego's pretty inflated. He's feeling pretty good. He goes, in fact, for 30 days, nobody's to pray to no other God but you. Everybody in the land only prays to you. Well, they knew that Daniel prayed three times a day. They knew that Daniel was faithful to God and that he would do what he has always done. And uh, the king, unaware of what they were doing, they were manipulating the system. And so the king signed this decree. And once the king signed the decree, it was uh, irrevocable. He could not rescind it. And so he signed this decree. And the Bible says once that decree was signed, you know what Daniel did? He went to his room like he normally did three times a day with the windows open. And he looked toward Jerusalem, and he prayed. He prayed in the morning, he prayed in the afternoon, and he prayed in the evening. And so this was Daniel's life. This is the way he led his life. He was a testimony for God. And he knew people would see. I, I want you to think about this. People are watching you. I said people are watching you. They're watching and see what you do. They, they're looking and see what kind of life you're living. That's why it's important that, that you not only... Uh, uh, talk the talk, but you walk the walk, right? I shared this testimony. And I'll share it with you guys tonight. And I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, tooting my horn, but I just want you to think about this because I didn't even realize this. I remember one time when I called in on a Monday sick. Now, don't ever do this, okay? I did it one time. I called in sick on a Monday. And we had a new reception, receptionist. She didn't know me. She'd only been working there two weeks. And, uh, you know, she, she had seen me in the office, and so uh, I called in that morning, and then I guess, uh, I, unaware, I came in the next day, and I found out that she told my friends, hey, where's Omar at? And they go, well, what do you mean? He goes, he must have got drunk this weekend, huh? He must have went partying and, and drinking. And one of my friends says, uh, Omar Lopez is a born-again Christian. He doesn't drink and get drunk like you're talking about. And I begin to think about that. <laughs> My, my friend told me that my other, the other guy said that about me. And I said, see, people are watching your life. And that girl repentant, you know, she apologized to me the day I came in. You know what I mean? And I began to share the gospel with her, too. Turned out, I guess she went to church somewhere, too. But anyway, that's a whole different story. What I'm saying to you is people are watching your life. And they're watching the kind of testimony. And you got to not only talk the talk, but you need to walk the walk. Right? Talk is cheap. Somebody says that here. Who is that? That Brother Jason. Jason? Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap, man. You got to walk the walk. And so Daniel was walking the walk. And this is why when he went to pray... Right away, they arrested him, but Daniel didn't give in. He didn't say, forget this. I I wasn't really praying. I was acting like I was praying, you know. And the Bible says they throw him into a den of lions. And if you know the story, as they throw him in, the Bible says, uh, they throw him in the den of lions. The, The king realizes what they've done, and he can't even sleep. And the very next morning, the king got up to see what had happened to Daniel. And the Bible said the king called out to Daniel and, Daniel. and he said, Daniel, did your God save you? And he said, yes, he did. An angel came and he shut the lion's mouth. In fact, I'm sleeping on the couch right now. I'm like a little <laughs> pillow right now. No, I just made that up. But. But the Bible said they took him out of the pit. And you know what? They got the, the the accusers were thrown into the lion's den. The Bible said before they even hit the floor that the lions consumed them in the air. Because God's power is greater than any amen. satanic lie <laughs> and satanic lions. Amen. Because let me just say to you, people are watching you. And that's why it's important as Christians today, as believers today, that not only are we a good testimony, but you're a good testimony on Facebook. Oh, let me just say that again. A good testimony on Facebook too. What are you saying on Facebook? You need to be, have a good testimony there. You need to be sharing the gospel there. You need to be sharing what God has done in your life, not how mad you are at everybody, not how angry you are at the government and you're upset at everybody else. Friend, you ought to be seeing that you love Jesus, that you want to serve God. That's what we're talking about. Our allegiance is to Jesus. Our allegiance is to God. And that's what this series has been about. How many this morning or tonight you say, you know what, I, I, want, I, I, want to, I want to raise my level of allegiance tonight. Just raise your hand right now. I want to raise my level of allegiance to God. I believe that right now. Let, let Keep your hand lifted. Let's pray right now. So, Father, all over this room, God, we want to raise our level of allegiance to you. God, it's so difficult in our day and time that we live in. And it's so easy to compromise, and it's so easy to yield to the pressure. It's so easy, God, to even sometimes be fearful and be afraid. And, Lord God, today I pray that you'll help us, God, to be a testimony, even publicly tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. If I can have the uh, musicians come on. Come on, give God a praise tonight. I'm going to... I'm going to let Pastor Isaac, maybe you want to add something. Maybe you want to, even as we pray, you lead us in prayer, whatever you'd like to do.
1: Yeah, so I, I, uh, really I, I think that it would be, it, it would be fitting for us uh, to, to, to really make a declaration tonight. Uh, we, we've, we're talking about, uh, allegiance. We're talking about loyalty. We're talking about, uh, making a bold declaration, a bold stand for faith. And so, uh, th- tonight all over this room, I, I wonder if there's those, um, you know, let, let's do it this way. Uh, if you would just, just bow your heads and just listen to me. I, I, I just want to pray that God would just, uh, uh, keep, uh, keep a humble, uh, humble spirit in, in this house. Uh, but I want to speak to, uh, I want to speak to each and every one of you tonight about your allegiance and, and, uh, Potentially, your allegiance may be being divided even in your own heart and your own mind. And I think about these points of decision. I, I, this is something that I really, uh, I really consider often. I see, and, and, and throughout the Bible, and I've seen this in many believers' lives, where there's these different inroads. There's these different uh, points, these different forks in the road, so to speak. And there's these points of decision where we need to, where, where we need to make a bold decision for God, we, we, we need to make a bold decision for our families. We need to make a bold decision and, and general direction for our lives. And so tonight, I, I, I just think in, 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 uh, in the environment, uh, in, in the current situation in our world, uh, maybe some of you have, maybe some of us in this in this room have been, uh, have, have kind of lost our way, maybe lost our direction a, a little bit. And I, I just believe that God is calling back the church. God is calling each and every one of us to be a bold testimony of his goodness, to be a bold testimony of his grace, to be a bold testimony of his power. And so tonight I, I want to give a call for salvation. I want to give a call uh, uh, to, to, to rededication, maybe in our lives may, maybe uh, maybe there 's those that are here in this in this place that uh, uh, maybe you were walking with god uh, uh, may, maybe you you 've made a decision maybe back at one point in your life to walk with god to to serve god and and uh, on this on the road on the way you 've kind of lost your direction, and I believe that the spirit of God is calling you back here tonight, and so my first call is this my first call is for for salvation. Again, may, maybe you're here within the sound of our voice. Maybe you're here for the first time. I know we had a couple of visitors, but maybe as we're talking, you're saying, "Man, there's there's really this there's really this 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 decision that needs to be made in my heart. I just feel like I'm floundering. I feel like I'm going back and forth. I'm just kind of going through the motions. And God, by the, His Holy Spirit, is drawing you to Him. Uh, even if you're even as I'm as I'm speaking now, and you feel that tug in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit pointing to different areas in your life where you need to make a decision." and so I want to I want to give an opportunity for those maybe you're in this place and you say you know what uh, pastor Isaac I, I've not made a bold decision for God I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence here and I, I just want to pray for you tonight I just want to give you an opportunity maybe to to, uh, uh, to to really to turn your focus back towards God and so if there's anybody here tonight again with with uh, with, with head with heads bowed and eyes closed uh, if you would just slip up your hand and just say you know what pastor Isaac that's me I I, I need to make a bold uh commitment tonight I need a, I need to make a bold declaration uh for God tonight is there anybody here in this house if you would just lift your hand just real quick i i want to I want to take a little bit of time here anybody at all say I, you know what pastor isaac I've uh, i I've, I've kind of lost my way I, I need I, I need to make a bold decision there there's one hand that I see up already there's one there's one bold person here tonight that's saying I'm going to make a commitment tonight uh we we have a couple now a couple more hands are co- are, are going up all over the place I just want to take a little bit of time here because I believe that, again, I believe that God is calling back a church to a bold faith no more weak Christianity. No, no more undercover. Uh, I, I believe that in this time, people are looking for authenticity. People are looking for the real thing. And the church of God could be that source of hope. And so, again, I just want to give an opportunity. If you're in this place and you just say, you know, what? I need to make a bold decision. I've been playing around. I've been playing games. I need to make a bold decision tonight. Just lift your hand real quick. Anybody else at all? There's already several hands that have gone up. You're not going to be alone.